Thanks for joining me this week on the show. I am thrilled to introduce you to a dear friend of mine and an inspiration. Ms. Pat Gallo is a nurse with decades of experience in our medical system and a passion for helping people recognize that they can grow healing foods at home. Wherever they are, her specialty is helping you find out what grows in your neighborhood. And I can't wait to have you join us as we dig into how beneficial gardening is on levels beyond what you might even consider. Thanks for joining us. So glad to have you with us today. Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. What if you could maximize your meditation practice with a tool that maximizes your time and attention with images and affirmations carefully selected to boost your positivity, to help you integrate your intentions into your subconscious? I have a special gift available for you. Visit happifiedlife.com and click on the Start Off Happy button to take a look at the phenomenal technology created by Positive Prime that uses neuroplasticity to literally wire your brain for more happiness, higher productivity, better relationships, and greater success. Head over to the happifiedlife.com page to start off happy with Positive Prime. Enjoy it free for 30 days Welcome back. I am so happy to have you with me this week for another episode of Happified, and I am thrilled to finally be able to introduce you to my dear friend, Ms. Patricia Gallo. Pat Gallo is a registered nurse, a holistic gardener, and nutrition geek, founder of Grow Health For You. She believes real food and lifestyle choices make you or break you. Chronic disease is preventable and manageable, one change at a time. After being ill herself, Pat discovered that healing foods do not have to be such a mystery. Some can grow in your own backyard or be purchased at the grocery store. Then she learned which foods give you more bang for your buck financially and as a long-term health investment. What you eat and drink supports your healing journey every time you consume. With over 29 years of experience in the present healthcare system, her goal is to empower people to improve their life by having access to fresh, nutrient-dense food at their fingertips, no matter their level of experience or their home size. Pat, thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you. That sounds good, huh? <laughs> hey, hey, this lady, we need to hang out with her a little bit. Let's get some yeah. inspiration. Who said that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Axis, axis of the food. That's, that's key. It is so key. And, and your experience too, and, and you know this, I've shared this with you throughout our relationship. I'm a nurse's daughter. So I definitely yeah. was raised with 
a healthy respect for and a bit of skepticism for as well, our current medical system. Um, And I've shared before on the show and mom probably hates to hear me share it. But when I was a kid, she said, when you grow up, do anything you want. But if you go into medicine, I'll disown you because it can be so frustrating to work within the parameters of this current system, but we need the good workers within it to help us out. So first, thank you for your dedication and service (laughs) and persistence over the years. And, uh, and I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey, a little bit about your experience in nursing and how you came to this recognition yourself, you know, the health that you were taught in school, but then the health that you really found resonated with you and that you found inspiration from. Yeah, I, I was, I fell in love with, with the ability of uh, spending time with people, you know, how you could transform people. Because I started as a nurse's aide a million years ago, exactly, to the day in <laughs> Canada. And that's how I put myself through school. Being a nurse's aide, you know, you work with mostly the elderly. And so you will do everything that, you, you know, bathe them and walk with them and care for them. So it was hands-on. And I go, well, this is wonderful. I went to nursing school in Canada. I was in my specialties in neurology, studied in the Montreal Neuro- Neurological Institute and Hospital. So I did my right after I graduated. And the brain, you know, is, is awesome, you know? There's so much we know and what we don't know. <laughs> oh, you know, and neuropsychology and open brain surgery and people moving hands with, I mean, awesome. And you work as a team and you really make an impact because people are, for whatever reason, when in a hospital, okay, it's obvious, right? They're sick. They need assistance. Okay, that's not the issue. You you help them with, they're already ill. And you're young. You're a young person. You're right. And, and you, okay, this, I'm going to make change and everything. And I'm not, first thing I'm going to say, I'm not putting down medicine because like you said, you know, you're a nurse's daughter. There's place. I mean, thank God that we have the technology, we have the advances in medicine that we have now. But not everybody is at that stage all the time. Again, thank God, right? So I was a young nurse. I did all this thing and did a lot of training, a lot of a lot of teaching, a lot of learning, a lot of education. And then, you know, as things happen, you start getting sick yourself. You know, I have kids, three kids, and my dad got sick. At the same time that I had three kids in school, three kids in school, my dad was diagnosed with myeloma. Mm. And within a year, Alexander, my little one, got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And I was full-time worker, and my husband had to travel for work. So I was stretched in time and neurons and, you know, smile was not very often. So, you know, we will eat the standard American diet. And I will tell you something that is, I was thinking recently, when we start eating prepared food, mm-hmm. uh, prepared food, what do you call this? Box food, frozen food, whatever you call it. Yeah. Convenience food. Convenience food. Yeah. Was when Alexander was diagnosed because we had to count carbs because you get carbs per unit of insulin. Because before that, I, was, I grew up in El Salvador. You know, we eat a lot of vegetables, but we, I never bought box frozen food, never until he got diagnosed. And I was, that was one thing that it was told to us by the nutritionist, because how else are you going to count food? Hmm. He was diagnosed when he was four. So there was a lot of stresses there. 
as you can imagine. And things happened. My dad passed away. We did everything we could, and he was well taken care of. But one thing he did say to me, like many people say, he says, if I would have known better, I would have done better. And I'm sure a lot of people have that person, right? And he grew up at the time. He was born 1935, right? So I did not notice that I was sick when, when he, when I was going running, like many people, you know, doing what like with lighting the candle both ends. Yeah, say that sometimes the English does not come fluently, but you correct me there. So the stress of being a full time nurse, stress of being a parent, the food led me to uh, a burnout, and. I was like many people again, not, not a big difference, right? But the solace and the, the, the therapy, the, the, the benefits that I've gotten, I, then we moved. We moved to Florida for other reasons with my mom. And uh, that love that I had, that I fell in love with when I started my career and what I, I kept working, even before my dad was, uh, was one of my dad was alive, I did notice. That the difference that two people could have the same illness, as you see, the same illness and will not react the same way. Mm-hmm. You go, Duh, uh, you know, genetics. Yes, genetics has a lot to do with it. But really, it will be so drastic. And that's when my my um, my journey began when the dietitians are not putting them down. They'll say, uh, you know, it's a calorie or a carb is a carb is a carb. And I go like, no, man. No, when he eats this way, his body reacts one way and he eats the other thing, it goes completely different. So nutrition, we, as nurses, we get a lot of training in nutrition, mind you, in school, because we do a lot of teaching. And after being sick myself and, you know, bad back and bouts with depression, bouts with this and that, I, and, you know, where I was hitting 40s or something like that. And after we moved, I I started noticing. (laughs) My husband says, you start dancing the Macarena because it goes out here, out there, out there, out there, you know? (laughs) And and I go like, like, no, what in the world is going on? So I like, I like anybody, premenopausal went to the doctor and came out with five medications. Mm. And, you know, I've noticed all these things and I go like, no, let, let me, let me do an elimination. Let me just eliminate what's not working. And I kept the prescriptions and thus I completely changed the way I was eating. And I never ate much meat anyhow, but I insisted on putting more, more vegetables in my plate. And my dad, this bad time, time he had passed already, we had shared a love for gardening. So I always had that thing, you know, being outside, I was connected to him and mm-hmm. started with a little a few containers well always garden through the years but not to the extent that i do now and now i i supplement significantly my uh our 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 diet with what we grow we grow tons of food in a regular house we eat the plant base and all those pains the mental fog i have to take absolutely no medication and my spirits are are high and i raised raising these kids three kids like that and 
I guess I went all over the place to tell you that that's that's, that's where that came from. So <laughs> it's a very hands-on experience, which I've been able to share with my with my brothers, with my mom, who's now 81. She has a garden herself. And I pleased to say that my oldest son has moved to his own house and he's looking forward to having his own garden. You know? And growing fruits, they make a change. They actually make a change in in your health right now. And that, that is key, having control. Mm, absolutely. And <clears throat> I love your answer. It was, it was, it, there was a lot in there. And so I just want to, and then I'm sure we'll probably loop back and pick up some other topics, but explaining too. So for folks listening, first of all, Pat had a very busy life with the full family and the sandwich generation, right? Caring yeah, for yeah. our parents and raising children. Many of us are moving into that position now as, as parents are aging and needing more care. So getting out into your garden, you know, that wasn't something that you had a ton of free time available to begin with. And so you, you did mention that you live in Florida. I'm in Southern California. So we do have the benefit of maybe maybe pretty assuredly a little extra sunshine perhaps than a fair number of people have access to. But in terms of, of getting started where you are, do you have some advice for people who say, well, that must be nice, but I don't have another minute in the day or I can't grow anything in my back patio. You know, all I have is empty plant pots looking back at me. Like there's a little overwhelmed with the idea. Okay. Yeah. I know fresh food is, is best. You know, it's, it's got, if you, yeah, I know well, it has the most nutrients or the most vital life force, you know, whatever you mo- might subscribe to there. And, oh my gosh, how, how can I make that happen? Well, again, that will never be a small answer, but we've got a little time. I always tell people still deal with patience. You know, I said, okay, if you turn your head towards outside, is something growing up it? And say, yes, if there's something growing in nature, you can grow food. And, and that's it. You have to, because you have to put yourself, discover yourself, discover your home. I feel, I think it's such a wasted resource to have a house. Many people, like I said, they're blessed having a home. Not everybody has a home. Okay. If you're blessed having a home, then you rent. doesn't matter. You rent. You have a, you have, usually you have four corners or you know maybe a condo is two whatever and you see there's something growing outside what the best thing you could do is discover the conditions that you have the the growing condition because there's plants growing and there's family of plants some of those family of plants are growable they grow with nature in your around your house and some of them have absolutely significant effect in your health again right now. So if you have little time, what you the best thing you could do is figure out what are the, the plants that grow efficiently. Again, with nature, not trying to reinvent the wheel, right? What I was saying the other day, I love cherries, for example. Cherries grow up cherry tree. I live in Florida. There's no way I can gonna grow that type of cherry in here, right? Or if you live in Michigan and you love avocados, okay, a hard, a hard thing there because they require heat, right? So and those are examples. 
but you can certainly grow herbs. You can certainly grow your greens and talking about things that give you more bang for your buck. That will be, that will be them, you know, your greens and things that don't require a huge amount of space. And that's, that's what I teach to grow efficiently square foot by square foot plants that will, that will affect your blood pressure right there. They will help you manage your diabetes. They will help your mood. That's And that's only talking about plants. It's the whole process of growing food, of being in the garden is healing itself. Also, there's things that are more expensive in the store that are worth growing in the garden. I get a... Uh, it's crazy what they charge for herbs. They sell it by three quarters of a ounce. Sage. I, I went over my sister-in-law and she bought sage and parsley and something else. And I said, how much you pay for that? It's almost $2.95 or 0.25, 0.21 of a gram. And I go, what? It's like a little thing like that. Almost four bucks for that. For $4, you can grow, you can buy seeds that last you for years. You can buy about six plants, you know, and the space itself is, okay, no more than a keyboard. You have a keyboard in front of you, no more than that. And, and then you go, okay, what are the effects that you can, what can I, what medicinal properties each plant has? And that's how you decide. What do you want? Because it's, it's for you. You're never going to do something if you don't see the, um, the value, right? If you're talking about your blood pressure, you think about your mother's diabetes, if you think about, I don't know, your kids and digestive issues, then that those are the plants that you're going to grow. Did that make any sense? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And you mentioned too, I mean, that's, that's kind of your sweet spot is with your experience, you know, through your medical education, but also your experience in growing food that heals you, you know, like knowing where to begin, it can feel very overwhelming. So I love your suggestion to say, start with what you're feeling right now. If you have digestive issues, then, you know, there can be herbs for that very differently, perhaps than if you have arthritis and you're looking for herbs for inflammation or something else, mm -hmm. you know, but even, even those really kind of big medical issues, you can find solutions that will grow in your, in your backyard or in your garden. Box. It's uh, to me, Susie, one of the things that I, I, somebody asked me one day years ago, when I started the business is what, what breaks your heart? And I would, mm. that having people sit down with them, in a, in a clinical setting and coming knowing that these people have about five to seven minutes of your attention and, and they have to they buy so many pills and so many things are preventable and they're manageable more many of them are curable because there's three different strata right there preventable you don't want to have it manageable is what the heck am i doing here right and curable is i don't want it anymore Basically, and yet we're very happy when the big stores, I'm not going to name names, sell you the tom, well, I already said that, the antiacids and in a container, okay, they're special of this antiacid in the big store. So you get in the car, you go, you spend your gas, you buy plastic, 
in big containers of this thing that's going to be anti-acid. But you know that you could have, have a, again, in half of a keyboard size, mint in your patio, which you could use, uh, you know, you can make mojitos, okay, if that's what you want to do, <laughs> mint, fresh mint, dry mint, and I put it on my rice. Have you ever made steam and that you put the mint on top? It's delicious. I mean, so there's a, a level of control that you gain by educating yourself on what you're going to grow based on what your situation is now, knowing your area where you live, what you can control, what you can prevent, what you can cure, and you're still paying the same rent or mortgage, but the value of your home just, I don't know, quadrupled. I don't know how many more numbers are there. To me, it's such a waste of, of opportunity. Yet the other thing I, I, I told you the other day, I think, is about this uh, heart, right? Hypertension. And I almost, I don't know, almost fell off my bed when I saw those beat be choose commercials right right and i go what and gummies for everything now gummies for stress and gummies for sleep gummies so gummies beet gummies for heart health huh <laughs> for beet, beets are going to taste like beets because anything in a gummy is coming with a do good dose of sugar along with it and, and okay but the only thing i go is, is great because people are going okay so beets and and heart health great the okay Maybe let's find something positive on it. Again, the plastic that comes in, there's a wasted space is filled by a cotton ball. There's that thing to put on top and you you buy it. Or you could under $2.50, you can buy enough beets for, for a year. And the you can grow them now, by the way. It's a cool weather. And cool you can buy crops. the you you can also eat the greens, the beet greens. Because of their high content of nitrates, it helps relax your blood vessels, decreases your blood pressure. You can make juice, you can eat them fresh, you can steam them. I, I like to grow the medium size because sometimes I don't even have to cook them. They're different color beets, also, by the way. And you go, oh, okay, that's wonderful. So, you know, I can talk a lot about this. That will never end. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and you did mention earlier when you were talking about, you know, just the the emotional benefit that you get from gardening. And and I am a farm girl. I, I remember my grandparents always having a farm. And as a kid, I was stubborn. And oh, why do I have to go help you by weeding in the garden? And I didn't want to know anything about it. And now friends say, oh my gosh, how do you know what all of these different plants are? And it's because because I've always been interested, but now it's not a, an obligation, you know, now it mm -hmm. is kind of a respite for me. It's a chance to get some fresh air. But in your experience, I'd love for you to share some of those benefits. How does the act of gardening help to relieve stress, to help us love, feel better? Yeah. I love I love that you, you brought it back to this because for a while I, I worked from home also being a nurse case, ma case manager on the computer. And that was already when I was here. And one thing that I did notice is that stress I never had such a big high pain, back pain as when I was working only in the computer. Yes. Now, when we're talking about noticing, they say, you now you notice. When you garden, you notice change. You, you have to notice change. 
you put a seed or there's a bloom coming or what is this weird looking insect here looking back at me? Where did my tomato go? You know, stuff like that, right? But really, I I even noticed it when my husband, he goes, he goes, come here. And I go, what, what, what? Look at that. And I go, yeah, that wasn't there yesterday. And the childish look that you find on this man's face, he is in awe. He is like a child. And I, I've seen this with, obviously with children. I've seen it with people in their 80s. I've seen it with people in their 40s. It doesn't matter what age. So it, you, you can discover that there's a, so much variety that you can find in the garden. Insects, birds, different bird sounds, different sounds of the same bird during the day. You can find colors of butterflies when the butterflies cocoon, when they hatch. And you have, it, it, it's a whole thing out there. So I can go and look at this. Instead of taking these medications, I can set up a small space, half of a table, and dedicate it to make a garden. And that is a place that I can designate to be my recreation daily. So I have a, a reset button system for my stress. And again, it's still in the same house. And it's going to give me herbs and it's going to give me fruits. So that is a stress. That's part of, of uh, that's part of the stress management. Sometimes I don't like to use that word, but, you know, it's part of the stress cycle. But I have designated it for, for it to go there and, and get myself lost. I'm actually, the, the issue is to come back inside the house sometimes, you know, not to get lost. So give myself 50 minute breaks and it helps me it helps me go into that all period because it's an ever changing and and I think it's such a healthy and needed thing to 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 have that I wish everybody has it I wish everybody had it especially when I see patients and they're so stressed stressed to go again stressed to go and get the food and stress about this and stress about that and and it's, it's, it's doable, I think. <laughs> well, and you have, you have really opened my eyes to some possibilities that I never would have given credit to as you're talking about the things that you can grow in a small space, but also as you have shared with me over time, some of the things that you use to grow plants in. Oh, how do you, my how case, do you my... spark inspiration or oh. what are some guidelines you might have for... <laughs> Anything that can hold, anything that can hold, you know. Anything is fair game. Anything, anything is fair game. You know, <laughs> boots, containers. I have wheelbarrows. I have a couple of wheelbarrows. I one that I used to use, and two that we found in the trash, and we put holes in the bottom. And I grow on herbs there all the times. Peppers. I love to, up. What is it called? Recycle, upcycle. I love to upcycle stuff fishing rod you know sometimes plants need support right anything you can make a teepee with and it is cool it's cool looking so i at this point i have several gardens in the back i have yeah and and i grow the same plant in the, the same plant in different places just to see how how it goes but it is part of the fun actually is also talking about stress and how you can use your space and your imagination your creativity that also keep that keeps you on the 
and flow. Yes. And, and it's something, see, that I learned. I learned that from Susan. We had a big elephant ears. You know, the plant elephant ears. So, they're, uh, yeah. They're, they're not edible, are they? Are they just decorative? Just. Are they decorative uh, in, plants? In, in some so? countries, the bulb the, oh, the, okay. the can be eaten. And it's, it's the same family as taro. If anybody eating taro root. All right. Okay. So this elephant ears, uh, big, big leaves. We made a mold of with cement. Put it on, we made a mold and then we attach it and it had the veins. It was mm-hmm. so cool. And then my son painted it. And I mean, we were just having fun out there. And it also, it is a thing that I've done any projects with the kids since they were very small. Sometimes they wanted it. Sometimes they didn't want it. But it also fosters unity. Like you were talking about being in the Sanguish generation. I garden, I garden with my dad passed away I garden with my kids I garden with my mom I garden with my brothers and I have friends and I have little kids that pass around the the house and they go hello Miss Pat and they go is there anything growing now and they come in and say can I pull up the carrot they go, uh-huh. okay pull a carrot <laughs> <laughs> but you know what we are in a, 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 in a weird time that is this isolation, this separation from people. So I like to tell the story because sometimes it's like I have nothing to talk to my parents about. Or, you know, sometimes you don't need to talk too much. You can just be in the same space, right? And doing stuff. So it has a lot to do with fosters community. Absolutely. One experience that I've had here, and as I've complained to you, so I need a house call from nurse Pat (laughs) to come bring some good medicine to my garden, but it's very dry in San Diego. We've been in drought. And so I feel guilty about watering. And so there are very limited things that we grow successfully in our yard so far. Maybe this is the year that I finally turned the tides on that. But what I experienced in in terms of, of finding community with what you grow is in local groups, like on next door, or we have a buy nothing group on Facebook in our area where people have an abundance of something, a lot of citrus trees in people's yards here or passion fruit vines. And people say, oh, the passion fruit, it's going to be out on the curb. Come by and get some. I had a place on the other side of the neighborhood. I would swing by every other day just to see if she had some more passion fruit out. So it really is an, an energy of sharing, of sharing what you have too much of, of finding access to things that you don't have easily. Like you used to do before. Right. Like we used to do before. So is that connection? Yeah, we you don't have to garden that... for self-sufficiency, but yeah, for connection. So so it does not mean I, I grow everything and I hold it in and I cover it and I don't want to, you know, it has that connotation to it. It means, you know, you are, if near your house, somebody's growing passion fruit in my head, that means a lot. But I'm not going to take this. Talk, I've got your that. wheels turning now. She's like, what else like, grows with passion fruit? Growing, you, know, growing, you know, that's how my <laughs> head works. But again, going back to people that I see as patients, and I just talking to you, I thought of that, about that. If it will start with a space as small as a keyboard size box, one at a time, herbs that could help them in their and their uh, diabetes journey in their 
you know, hypertension management journey. Stress, I'll, I'll talk to you about holy basil, Tulsi plant. Yes, uh, adaptogens. Like, is that oh an adaptogen? God, yes. yes, yes. And and that is the other thing is that the smells. It's a, it's a thing that you have to experience with all your senses. Yes. So you don't only eat them. It's a smell, it's a texture, it's, it's, it, you take those leaves and you actually, I actually put them in my, my neck and I can instantly feel and, and I, wish, I wish I could just give that experience to people because it's being, it's missed. And we have, going back to what brought me here, we have been taught that it has to be consumed from a, you know, you have to walk in the store and go in the back and get all these things. And sometimes barrier to health is monetary. You know, the, a barrier to health is I don't have enough money to buy this. And I just invite people to say, well, maybe that is not so. If you need to spend the time and the resources for the soil and the, and the, and the container, which could be any, anything, as long as then I have paint or thinner in it, uh, rest is fair game. If you're going to spend money on, on your soil and on, on a good compost, you can grow so many things that are good for you right now. You know. Yes. And I think that accessibility, you know, we just, it. I think it doesn't occur to so many people that what they're buying in capsules is something that we can be growing and we know exactly where it's come from. Turmeric comes to mind. Turmeric is such a great anti-inflammatory and a lot of people I know are using the capsules or the powders. Mm -hmm. And I see in our local health food store, plastic containers full of the roots and I know this is one of your favorites. Um, so, and, and you know, when you asked me how you start growing, I, I went all over the place, but actually one of the things that I started growing first was turmeric. Ah. And I, I, I and the, the hardest thing for me, and that was a long time ago, was to find fresh turmeric. Because I, I grow turmeric, I sell turmeric, I, I live turmeric and ginger and taro and all these things that you grow under the soil. Anyhow. The hardest thing for me was to find a sprout turmeric that had not been sprayed because it will not sprout because that's what you 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 get there. Once I had a, I figured out it was hard for me and I'm a health conscious person, gig, who depends who you ask. My kids said I'm obsessed. I go, well, if I'm having a hard time buying this, let me, you know, sell it. And then I started selling it and so on. So on. now I grow turmeric in three different houses i think i have at this moment <laughs> i went overboard but talking about when i was dancing the macarena with my paint you know here 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 well i take turmeric very often because i have it accessible number one number two i don't think it is that unrealistic for people to grow themselves and have it accessible for themselves the only difference will be if they realize the importance of it and that's say education and i think the key is for people to know how can this action of you know growing my own food or planting is going to affect me now and when they realize this is going to positively affect me all those i don't have time i don't have money all those things go you know pretty much to the side because 
you know, I don't have anything against roses, but many people are going to spend a lot of money on on the front, you know, whether is a whether there's a drought or not, they will grow their own plant in their own place. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> right i see a lot of it out here <laughs> yeah. yeah and i and my mom used to grow roses when we were little roses take a little water that's fine but i mean you can again you can grow so many things i have aloe vera in the front i use it all the time and i tons of it so if if one thing i could communicate to to people is you know to to try to find out what their goals, their health goals are, let's say inflammation. We, we're, you know, we're in pain. Okay, so what anti-inflammatory food could we talk about? And we're talking about turmeric, turmeric and ginger, and many more. And green, leafy green vegetables is one of the things that I think it gives you more bang for your buck in the small containers and small places. It will make a difference and are part of the dirty dozen. You know, they get sprayed a lot. That's, That's a great reason. point. And many people, some people might not be familiar with that. I've mentioned that before, but the, the dirty dozen list, can you tell, can I explain people what that is and where they can find it? Well, you have the, the environmental working group puts this yearly of uh, clean, clean, clean 15 and dirty dozen foods, which means that this means that these are the, the foods that most probably get more pesticides. Right. And they continue to be sold because the people, the farmers, the producers of this their goal is to make to make money nobody's out there to kill you right but they want to sell right right you they want to grow maybe. efficiently they've been taught practices of efficiency <laughs> which may or may not be true and it's, it, yeah and it's it's that's the way it was okay people used to have pesticides and you were working on the the farmers were there and things were spread on on them and but again, like I said, like my dad said, you know, if I would have known now what uh, then what I know now, now we know <laughs> that's not cool. <laughs> we don't, we know it's not cool, you know, and we had awful experiences and we have the data and, you know, genetics alterations and everything. Okay? So if people can go to the environmental working group and download those two lists and you see that, that you have your kales and chard and spinach. As one of those uh, foods that has, most probably has toxins because of pesticides. Just happens that those foods are also awesome to bring down your blood pressure. Imagine that. You could buy those foods in the store, organic, which means they will not have those pesticides. Or you can grow them yourself because those are the things that you can grow around and you will grow such variety that you've never seen on the stores all types of colors all kinds of and that's that's pretty much what i i you know i teach for people to grow the, and that's when i say when to grow the most back for your buck is to grow the things that are going to make a difference for you now because what is the use to going to the doctor and it tells you okay eat more you know fruits and vegetables and i'll see you in months and whatever and you don't know what, and some people feel like, I don't know what to do because it's so expensive when I buy it organic, right? And by the way, the first step in correcting your blood pressure, for example, is modify your lifestyle. 
and that includes your diet. And that's doable for you now. So I think it's very empowering. Am I crazy? No, I think I think it really is. And 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 once once people can get over those those obstacles, you know, oh. those initial objections. So oh, I don't have room. I'm not gardening people. Yeah, I'm not a gardener. <laughs> I don't know where to begin because we don't have to spring fully formed, you know, an expert in the area. You can start with one thing. You can start with growing the herbs. Yeah. Do you, and, and, um, I'm sorry. I think a lot a lot had to do with this comparison thing, this mm -hmm. ideal that we have about what a garden is, you know, the Instagram picture, the the whatever, right? It, it does not really have to be like that. You're not going to be growing a picture. You're going to be growing a living garden, which, you know, is going to look like whatever in February, March, and then April, probably it's gonna, it depends where you live. You're going to grow. You're going to buy a bag of seeds and you're going to grow and you're not going to continue growing another one. And you're going to eat it. I mean, take a picture if you want to, but the purpose is for you to eat it, right? So if we want to get that ideal, and it doesn't have to look ugly either. Come on. It doesn't have to. Actually, I actually find that I, I, I love to say that I color when with gardening because I plant, you know, higher plants and some that go back and, and the medium looking plant and I put lemongrass and I some chard and I think leeks look beautiful and I interplant and you know things don't have to look horrible but that row of everything perfection taken from a from a whatever you call those machines you know from the top and everything's perfect that's a professional that's a professional picture and those from the side and the lady walking there that's a prop I mean that lady has <laughs> seven gardeners I don't know she <laughs> You know, but we're talking to people that work. I I work full time. You're working. You have a family, and you want to have somebody something that affects your health right now. You know that it's going to be an, a living, healing garden, and that's an organism. It's a living entity. Well, at least I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think we've we've definitely been touching on some of the lessons, some of the experiences and, and awarenesses that we can start to open up to through the act of gardening and starting to eat from what we grow and knowing the whole process. Certainly if you start from seeds and see the change every day. Um, what what are, are there any things that we haven't covered in terms of what we can be learning from the process? What can growing our own food help us to understand or be aware of? Well, there's a lot of life lessons, I will say. Patience, resilience, resilience, mm -hmm. patience. Things sometimes don't go your way. And and that doesn't mean that you give up, right? Sometimes you just have to try another way. And there's a lot of lessons right there. I was just showing my son the other day. I planted, I have a tray of seeds going. And I took a picture and said, you know, which ones do you think I planted first? And he says, that one why because it's the tallest one and which one do you think i planted the last and he says that one because it's smaller and i plant all of them on the same day you know and that's the way we are not all the seeds you know we're we don't we're not all the same some of us take a little longer to get there right but the mistake is 
like you said, the mistake is in giving up. You know, giving up, giving up to that seed. Don't not taking care. Don't give to the seed what it really needs. I've had so many conversations with my kids while gardening, and don't tell me they're they're not having a conversation with mom. They were just working. So mm -hmm. the gardening is is a place to have that that space to to have a conversation to connect. But you're pulling weeds, or you're in our case with potatoes, gardening a lot of sweet potatoes. And for years, I've learned so many things that were going on with them or with the the, the kids' friends, the problems. You know, I can tell you that I've solved so many problems sometimes why did I just go outside? I'm inside and I'm going, how am I going to do this financial issue, this dealing with this whatever? And I just take off outside and it's just, that disconnection is just sometimes it, it, you give the time to, I don't know, the solution just comes. And it's the physicality of it also. Yes. Because there's, there's a wisdom in movement. And I, I, one, one thing I have to tell you is, you see, if I'm not feeling well, you can tell in the garden because the garden's not looking well. So that's, it's my accountability partner as well. For somebody, sometimes that you, your moods go up and down and up and down, having a garden well, it works so well because you have to put the, give the attention, maybe too much, <laughs> but it gives you, it's like an accountability partner. I, I, I swear. And, and, and people, we used to have that. It was, it was, it was common that everybody used to have have a garden and right now there's a tendency for everybody every house to look the same and i'm just inviting people to you know to use your resources towards your own health i think it should be a no-brainer well and i and i love what you were sharing too that permission to let it look like whatever it looks like for you it's not about getting that perfect photo from mm. the drone, the perfectly manicured, you know, rows of tomatoes and this and that, but the things that you actually grow, the things that fit in your season, the things that volunteer and came back. I just was outside mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a little bit ago and found a volunteer kohlrabi that came up from last yeah. year's harvest that we had given up on. It's like, who are you? I love the fact that you grow kohlrabi. Kohlrabi. Yes. Thanks I, to I our former that. roommate who left a garden box behind. And we've turned it into a little succulent nursery because that does grow in San Diego. But okay. here's a little kohlrabi fighting for some air. <laughs> I think they're so cool looking. I think kohlrabi is so cool looking. It, they look like little aliens have a purple kohlrabi. I, I grew it and I go like, oh man, that's so cool. It's like a radish and a broccoli and went somewhere and that came over. You know, it's so cool. There's so much variety that we don't eat. There's so many varieties of vegetables and greens that we don't eat because they don't make it to the shelf because what's put on the shelf is for shelf life. Right. I'm repeating myself there, but it's for shelf life, not for nutritional value. So take that, you know, we, we're missing so much and, and we have so much potential in, in the same house that you already own or rent, that is, is a miss, it's a missed opportunity. There's your physical health, your nutrition, spiritual, and the community movement. Again, these are practices that we used to have before. 
and without and... for practicality, whatever. But knowing now, we cannot longer say we don't know. <laughs> we cannot longer say we don't know. So I think key is just is know your like you know know thyself and know your own house and that's how I start. I, that's what I I teach you know to first master your own growing conditions and from there, yeah, sky's the limit. Yes, and you have some amazing resources that will will make available to people. You have a terrific kind of starting point yeah. as you share your five S's of growing food, okay. which helps to give kind of that bird's eye view again of what are the factors that we need to be tuning into to grow yeah because like you you told me you know if i start saying what susie can grow we'll never end this but it's uh yeah it's is to stop trying to mimic what the other one is is saying you need to you know concentrate where you can grow maximize that grow it to the best of your abilities and th that food will make a difference for you in the near future in the near future, the same year, will you have make a difference? So you will have you can even have surplus. And how awesome is that? If you stop trying to grow what your friend in let's say Michigan is growing, and you can you know if you grow one type of I'm growing garlic. I never thought I was gonna be able to grow garlic. It's just trying to find out which type of garlic I can grow in Florida, and that makes a significant difference in my cardiac health and. Uh, or you ask the kids, I said, you know, vampires don't come in the house because there's garlic everywhere now. So, <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever. Whatever rocks your boat. <laughs> so people can really start small, start wherever they are and let it kind of organically. The best puns yeah. are unintentional. Yeah. Naturally evolve and and grow as it as it suits them, as it's something that they're able to maintain and as they learn and discover. That's yeah, what I love about your health. the whole experience. It will affect risk and again in the future, because we grow now for for our future self, and we, this is what it is what we did in the past. So, what we ate, how we lived in the past, this is what the result is, and we're going towards the future. So, if you put that in in mind, maybe it's worth it. I'm pretty sure it's worth it. I also <laughs> want to plant the seed. <laughs> No, I want to roll. <laughs> Stay tuned to what Pat creates, what she shares. She shares content over on Instagram and perhaps someday on TikTok. But even in, you know, creating tea from the things that she's grown in her own garden, I think that's extraordinary to be able to, you know, put your hands around a cup of tea that you've created and dried herbs and, you know, preserved and then be able to enjoy months after the harvest. Yeah. So there's so many insights and, and, tools available within Pat's garden sphere. So we'll definitely have contact information so you can get plugged in and follow along. But for folks who are listening, where's a good place for people to connect with you? Like I said, Instagram, Grow Help For You or on Facebook. And also on the website, it's the same name, growhealthforyou.com. And there's things coming up. So stay tuned. Yeah. Lots of things sprouting up this year. Yes. Yes. And, and there's a free growing guide, like you mentioned, and from there you get my newsletter and my goal is just, you know, to inspire people again, to take control of your health and it's all related to your health, mental, physical, spiritual, because why not? Right. That's you, you don't get that in the, in the little bottle. No, no. 
No, <laughs> you get what you're looking for. And then so many benefits when you oh, yeah. start cultivating. You get a lot of stuff and you get food so. too. That's what I like to say, you know. There's so many benefits from, from growing your own food and you also get food, so. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Pat. Thank you for joining me. We could go on for hours. You mentioned a couple of different specific complaints that people can have that can be supported through homegrown plants, vegetables, and herbs. And so we might come back and revisit some of those specific topics, but thank you so much for getting us started and getting some, some ideas percolating today. Thank you, Susie. Thank you for your time. Take good care. Thanks for joining us today. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit happifiedlife.com. Subscribe on your favorite player to catch the next episode as soon as it's out. Sharing really is caring, so please rate and review the show while you're there. And if you know someone else who would love it, please pass it along. Until next time, my friends. Keep on shining.